Welcome back to this episode of the Shooting Bricks podcast. And guys, it's been a minute, you know, it's like what over a week since we did our last episode. But, you know, life gets in the way, but it doesn't matter. We're here now and there's a lot of news to break down. But before we get into that, to get into all that, as always, I'm Jerry Castillo and I'm joined by. I'm Daniel Huan. Uh, I plan on seeing the Suicide Squad sometime this weekend. Uh, I'm going to go to the TCL Chinese Theater. I'm not trying to be arrogant. I just want to see it in a good, in a damn good movie theater. And joining me as well. I'm with you on that, Daniel. Uh, if y'all watching the uh, YouTube video, if y'all listen to it on Apple Podcasts, or whatever the case may be, go check out the YouTube video because you can see this Kyle Kuzma jersey because it's going to be the last <laughs> time y'all see this bad boy on me. It's like, it's a cool jersey. I'll still wear it. Throwback. But it's your boy, Relly Rail, Jarrell Sells. Can't wait to get into these topics today, Jared. Yeah, absolutely. Really quickly on the Kyle Kuzma jersey, uh, a few nights ago, my family and I went out to go eat dinner and we saw a dude wearing a Kyle Kuzma Lakers jersey and he, he I guess he was a uh, he was just living it up one last time because that's a very that's a very rare thing to have and for him to have it and to proudly display it after everything that happened. Hey, more props to him, man. More props to him, but uh yeah, G you mentioned Kyle Kuzma, and basically, this is the question that I'm going to ask you guys, and I know what your answer is, and it pertains to Kyle Kuzma, but who won free agency? For me personally, I think it was the Chicago Bulls or the New York Knicks, because if you just look at how their seasons ended, you would never think that, oh, you know, the New York Knicks is going to be a top four seed. Well, they were. And with the roster that was constructed with the Chicago Bulls last season with the trade for Nikola Vucevic, you'd think they would be able to sneak into the playoffs. Well, they didn't sneak into the playoffs. And so everyone at the front office was like, we got to change things up. And change they did because they got your guy, Lonzo Ball. They got your guy, Alex Caruso. And they got our guy, DeMar DeRozan. Shout out USC. So with all of that, no offense to Wendell Carter Jr., Garrett Temple, or Kobe White. But I mean, if you move to a starting lineup with Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, you know, Zach Levine, Patrick Williams, and then Nikola Vucevic with, you know, Alex Caruso coming off the bench and Kobe White and Lowry Markkinen coming off the bench. That's a solid squad. I think they are legitimately a playoff contender. They won't, I don't, they're, I guess their ceiling's capped at maybe like fifth or sixth, but they will be in the playoffs. Count it, you know, what is it? August 5th, 4.20 p.m. Nice. Count it. The Bulls are going to the playoffs. I guarantee it. But also, my other team that could have won free agency was the New York Knicks because nobody expected them to do what they did, but they did. And again, no offense to Reggie Bullock or Alfred Payton, but I'm pretty sure Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker, once he gets bought out from the Thunder, are massive improvements over those two aforementioned players. Plus, they kept Julius Randle, they kept D. Rose, they kept Alec Burks, and they kept Nerlens Noel. Fun fact about Julius Randle, he averaged 24, 10, and 6 on 46, 41, and 81 mm-hmm. shooting splits. And surprisingly enough, he's the only player to do that since Larry Bird, at least shooting 40% from the field and averaging all those, all those points and rebounds and assists. And unless something drastic happens, they're staying in the top four unless, you know, like I said, something drastic happens. But I don't think anything will happen. I think they're going to be fine. And it's just up to the Knicks to stay being relevant. What about you guys? Uh, first off, I just wanted to say that I was 
quite honestly surprised that Chicago did, uh, did so well this free agency. Honestly, I love how this Chicago team is looking. You got Nikola Vucevic and you got Zach Levine, one of the you know more underrated uh, guards in this league. I he's a he, to me he's a top fifteen player. I think they got extremely better this offseason. Lonzo Ball, I think he's going to be a great fit with Zach Levine. I kind of disagree with you, Jared. They, I think the Bulls are definitely going to the Bloods, but they are not a like a a bottom half playoff team, I think they could reach the top four, even crack the top three if they got really lucky and played really well this season. I believe in this Bulls team. Um, this this Bulls team is well coached, but I think, you know, after, in all of that, I think they're, to me, there's still one bigger winner this free agency, and it's obviously the Los Angeles Lakers. I think wow. I think they, they definitely won this free agency period. Agency period. Think about it. with the whole explosive blockbuster trade landing Russell Westbrook, that Rob Palenka had one priority and prerogative this free agency period to support the big three as much as possible to cover up their you know their play deficiencies. Rob Palenka did d- just that. We got enough. We 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 got enough supports. We got extra shooters in Monk, Kendrick Nunn. And yes, I'm, I'm willing to say it. The pickup of Carmelo Anthony is going to serve a purpose. He's going to be that guy you you get off the bench for for a period, a couple, like a solid 10, 15 minutes, get a, a you know a couple three shots in. He's going to play a valuable um, role in that. And we bring out Trevor Reza. I know it's kind of biased and nostalgia in a nostalgia sense, but I like that. I like he's he's being brought on back on this team, and we got we we got Dwight Howard back. So uh, Dwight Howard back. So we got. We, we improved in terms of guards, shooting, and we especially improved defensively. Dwight Howard especially, I don't think he should have left L.A. in the first place. I'm going to say it right now. Um, the Lakers are going to make a deep, deep championship run this year. There's a chance we could win it all. It's not going to be easy, but we damn have a chance. And really quickly, I just want to, G, before you you hop in here. So it's it's really interesting that the Lakers got all these older pieces and let's not beat around the push. The The Lakers are old, but in order to get Westbrook to LA, check this, there was a five team trade and it was, a, so we all know that the Lakers and Washington wizards were the primary players, but the nets, Indiana and San Antonio had to get involved just to make that trade happen. And if, and if anything happened, except for a championship. I think there will be riots in downtown LA, but I don't, that's just, that's just, those are just my two cents. But go ahead, G. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah, no worries at all. Uh, I, there's not many teams to choose from here because what have teams done in the free agency aside from the Bulls and the Lakers, there's hasn't been really too much big impacts going on as far as moving the needle like even the Knicks moves in my opinion isn't moving the needle because they don't have a star they don't have a go-to guy Julius Randle proved to us in the playoffs that he's not that guy he's the second option third option at best and people said that and we've said that we've talked about so my answer is of course I'm biased the home team you see it in my background I'm wearing the jerseys I bleed purple and gold the Los Angeles Lakers undoubtedly had the best of free agency Not only did they get Mr. Triple-Double himself, I ride for my dog, Brody Russell Westbrook, but they also got eight players for $15 million. Let's break that down. They got Kendrick Nunn under the MLE, right? They got Dwight Howard. They got Trevor Reza. They got Kent Bazemore, Wayne Ellington. Uh, Who else am I missing? We got three other people (laughs) (laughs) under that, that we signed for $15 million. So the, the... 
we gotta we gotta name the other three people. Dwight Howard, who was the other person? Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony, and Carmelo. Malik and Malik Monk. Now, the reason why I say the Lakers won is because some of those names we wouldn't expect to sign for a veterans minimum. Malik wants to be one of those one of those uh, uh, players right there. Wouldn't expect Kendrick Nunn to sign an MLE. Remember, Kendrick Nunn is a first team all rookie. He's what, 24 years old, 6'2 point combo guard that could drive to the basket and, and score and can shoot. And the Miami Heat weren't utilizing him uh, appropriately. We got Malik Muck. He has he's been falling in the rotation with the with the Hornets with uh, the arrival of LaMelo Ball. These are young talent. We talk about all the old pieces, but think about it. We've seen the San Antonio Spurs with Bruce Bowen or, or, or uh, who's the guy from France that I'm thinking of in my mind, Boris Diaw. We've seen teams that have older players that can still do what they need to do. LeBron James is 36, going on 37, still playing like a 32-year-old. Russell Westbrook hasn't taken a step back. Anthony Davis, I know he's made of glass, but all of these other players know their role, know what they're coming to do. They're versatile in the, in the fact that they can do multiple things and they're, they're, they're veterans. They're not going to get shipped like KCP, no offense to KCP. So with that being said, the Lakers undoubtedly won. Given their flat, uh, cap flexibility, they made it happen. And this squad looks great and we still have three spots open, but I give a strong second place to the Chicago Bulls because they not only got DeMar DeRozan, who's another shot creator on this team. Now you got two you got mm-hmm. Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. And they got Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball is a great, the perfect, perfect addition for the squad alongside Zach Levine. In addition to that, if Lonzo Ball ends up getting injured, you still have Alex Caruso who provides similar things to that Lonzo Ball does on the defensive end at least. Kobe so White Chicago, too. Yeah. I'm 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 thinking free agency free agency period is going towards the end, but this is still the off season. And I feel like if we, if we, we have another episode and we ask who's going to have, have the better off season, if the bulls make a move where they can trade Laurie marketing, potentially Kobe white and get another asset uh, that can win now, like they buy in, I think the bulls might have the best off season, but Hey, you guys let us know in the comments how you guys feel about this uh, free agency. Who do you think won? If you guys agree with this or not, because we want to hear what you guys have to say too and have that dialogue. Yeah, absolutely. Like, hit us up on the social media accounts, Twitter, Instagram, whatever have you, YouTube. Just let us know what you think. But, yeah, I'm going to have to disagree with you on the Lakers because, yes, they did get pieces. But these pieces, I feel like, would have been better two or three years ago because Carmelo is not that guy. He's not that guy right now. Trevor Reza, he's definitely not that guy. Dwight, he's, you know, he's settled down a bit. But... I'm really banking on Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn to be those guys more than, you know, the aforementioned players, because I feel like because they are younger, they can. How am I trying to put this? Basically, they're going to be further up on the depth chart than we think they would be. Right. I feel like they would be six and seven Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk, however you want to play that off the bench and everyone else is Trevor Reese is probably going to be number 10. Right realistically speaking because you have carmelo too and you I have wayne the thing, ellington the thing is all of the players that you're mentioning we don't need them to be that guy we have yeah we don't that guys we have russell westbrook we have lebron james we have anthony davis and we look at what dwight howard did 17 minutes last season and he averaged seven and eight boards all we need dwight howard to do is three things rebound the ball play some defense dunk the ball he knows his role. He's not that guy. He's that role. Carmelo Anthony, with 25 minutes, was averaging 13 points a game. He could do the same thing Kyle Kuzma did, but more efficient and less idiotic. So these, these, that's the thing. 
these veterans aren't that guy. We're not looking for a super team 10 years ago. We're looking at people that know their role. And that was the issue last year. We didn't have players that we had Dennis Schroeder come to our team and let us know. I'm not a six man. I'm starting. We have veteran players that know what they're going to do. Trevor Reason knows he's not going to play every game. If he does, fire Frank Vogel because he doesn't need to be that. But Trevor Reza is going to be a more of an impact than Jared Dudley was as our 15th man, as our 10th man. So that's how I look at it. I mean, go ahead, Daniel. That's a that's a fair thing to think about. Uh, I mean, Jared, just kind of reiterating what Jarrell said. Like, you're 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 kind of like you're over expecting these guys to to be like what they were ten years ten years ago. Like, that's not what like us Lakers fans want. We just want guys that can come off the bench and give uh, Russ, AD, and Braun the rest they need. Because we we kind of saw that problem last season. We 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 wanted Braun and AD to step up too much. We just wanted the pressure to be loaded off. That's what that's what we got uh, essentially during the 2020 regular season. Everyone around LeBron and AD stepped up, and the year after that didn't happen. We just want we just want to repeat what happened in 2020. And I mean, I mean that's essentially what what I'm hoping what like what I'm hoping we get this season because I mean I have a good feeling about this upcoming season. It just seems like it seems that last season left a bitter taste in everyone's mouth, and the coaches and the players. This squad feels motivated. We like hmm. this squad feels motivated and there's a chip on his shoulder. And then like, I just feel it's a good feeling. This, this Lakers organization all around from execs coaches to the, to the players on the bottom, they all feel motivated to win it all. So, I mean, that's all that matters to me. And if that's the feeling I'm getting this off season has been a success so far. Hmm. So eight players for 15 mil. <laughs> that's all I got to say. And potentially Lamarcus Aldridge because he's eyeing a comeback. Well, hopefully he decides what's best for him. I mean, we, you never want to play with your heart in more ways than one. But you guys are talking about winning it all, right? That, that so, was smooth. That was smooth. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, is it championship or bust for the Lakers? Really quickly, just curious. Is it championship or bust? I'm gonna be real. I think it's LeBron is only getting order um, by the day and by the year i think if anything this is going to be one of his last big hurrahs for the championship so in my opinion this is an old squad but an old squad that is still affected with effective players all around um at best the window is maximum two years but if anything it's i think it's going to be a very important year for lebron i think lebron is probably feeling the pressure i think he has to win this season so it's, it's going to be a the championship the bus it's yeah. championship or bust. Um, I just think it's like we're just getting near the end of the road. Like he, he's got to he, he he's not getting any younger. Okay, G championship or bust. It's championship championship or bust. I agree. That that's okay. that's how we're looking at it. And okay, y'all let us know too because I'm pretty sure there's at least five teams in the NBA that are championship or bust. So y'all need to get active in the comments. Come on now. Yeah. And another another offshoot question really quickly, then, if let's say the Brooklyn Nets make it to the finals, which they probably might because the East is the East. So are you taking the Nets or the Lakers? Obviously, you know, you guys are Lakers fans, but looking at it, objectively speaking, in a seven game series, who would you take? I take the Nets because LeBron is 37 Uh, and Russell Westbrook, he's, you know, you don't know because he's never reached that stage. And Anthony Davis, he's really hit or miss. So, 
I'm taking the Lakers in seven games. It's going to be a fight to the end. Uh, I just think chemistry-wise, I have a, I have a weird feeling that we're going to get um, a more of a repeat of 2020 than 2021. I think this this Laker team is going to be one of the best chemistry teams all around. I just feel the Nets personality-wise, I have a feeling that they're going to clash in the long road and into the postseason. And they, in my opinion, they haven't really done much this offseason. They have actually lost pieces. So, and they still have those defensive issues. So I I am gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna side with the Lakers, but it's gonna be a rough ride to the finals. Like expect a seven game series or two. Okay. Especially with the Warriors in the West. Oh yeah, we got better. Warriors did get better. But go ahead, G. Um, I'm I'm agreeing with Daniel. You know, this is the bias episode. Uh, but <laughs> I just I I you know I'm known as a Nets hater. You know, and Daniel made a great point. They did lose somebody that was pretty effective for this. This squad uh, like this offseason. Uh Jeff Green. Spencer Dinwiddie didn't play oh. last season. Jeff Green came in and was the 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 Batman to Kevin Durant's uh Superman. <laughs> so no <the> Batman <laughs> Robin references there. But um, and Jeff Green was very effective, that role player there. I don't know what's the identity of the Nets. You know, they have DeAndre Jordan that's sitting on the bench, not playing. They're running small ball. They don't have Jeff Green anymore now. Those different those defensive deficiencies are still there. There's a lot to point out. And I'm not saying that the Lakers are a perfect team because we're going to actually have to see one of these players that we gambled on with uh, Kendrick Nunn. And I don't even take it as a gamble, but Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk, if maybe they can step up, even THT. But as far as the Nets go, who, who else outside of the big three is going to like – Step up. Joe Harris, he doesn't create his own shot. Patty Mills. Blake Griffin. Patty Mills. Yes. If he if they have if they have uh, uh Olympics Patty Mills, maybe <laughs> they have a shot. They have a shot. Because he's gonna have to play because you know Kyrie Irving's gonna take his time off. Uh that's my my their big three. I don't know. It's just they have always been the 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 number two. Even if they were the number one, they haven't been the leader of their own squad. So that all I feel like that is going to play a part in the Nets demise. Um, but they they're like a shoe in for the East if they stay healthy. But I'm going with the Lakers in seven. Okay, fair enough. I got the the Nets in six. Just putting that out there. It's August fifth. We we can be wildly wrong by the end of this upcoming season, which is in June, July. So don't. It's August fifth. If you disagree with our takes, don't feel bad. It's August fifth. But G pointed question to you. Correct me if I'm wrong, but. You've mentioned Devontae Graham potentially going to the Lakers, right? How do you feel that in, it was Malik Monk instead of Devontae Graham? Given that we have Russell Westbrook um, and then we ended up picking up Kendrick Nunn, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with us getting Malik Monk because um, this gives him a second chance. I know the Lakers have been known to be that team, that squad that gives players second chances and they, they feel like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm this guy. <laughs> it's Dennis Schroeder. Uh <laughs> And I think that Malik Monk, this will fare well with him. Like, you know, this showtime Malik Monk, he's one of those players that's in the realm of like a Lou Williams and Monte Ellis. Um, in my opinion, you know, he's a six, three and a below a guard. He's very athletic and both of those two players are athletic and he's a shot creator. He can shoot, he can score. So I'm fine with Malik Monk. He's a young asset. He's, he can play the two, the one or the two. And I'm okay with that. I don't know about the Pelicans replacing Lonzo with Devontae Graham, but Hopefully that works out. Yeah. Well, and Thomas Tom, Thomas Sadoransky. Don't forget about him. He's the he's the other piece that they brought along Zion. But yeah, we're we're talking about second chances, G. You bring it up. So obviously the draft happened at the same time, around the same time as free agency started. 
So a bunch of teams got a second chance, but who do you think will end up with the best player in the draft? For me personally, obviously biased, because like you said, G, this is the biased podcast. I'm picking Jalen Green because he's Filipino. But other than that, he averaged seven. <laughs> he averaged like 18 points at the G League for the G League Ignite, which is just unheard of, especially considering he skipped college. And he, Houston now has another versatile guard, another explosive guard that they can just slot in and, you know, do whatever their head coach, Steven Salas, right, wants to do, especially with Christian Wood on the up and up as well. I think that's, that's going to be a pretty fun one-two combo. They're not going to win a lot of games, but it'll be fun to watch. How about you guys? Uh, I'm going to be, I mean, okay, look. You've even known me that I have had biases towards big men, but uh, Evan Mobley to me, he's going to be. I think he's going to surprise everyone. He's going to turn out to be the best player in this draft. I just, I just love this guy's presence in the paint. Um, he's a monster in the paint. I haven't, I'm overly impressed with his athletic ability he has shown so far at USC. And most of, most important of all, I think he really truly excels in in the unglamorous parts of the game: defense, rebounds. Um, you know, boxing out. I think he's, uh, I think, excuse me here, but um, Evan Mobley kind of gives me, I think his ceiling is honestly, if I had to give him a, a ceiling, he's Kevin Garnett. His, 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 his floor is Chris Bosh. I think Evan, Mo, Evan Mobley is going to be, I have a feeling that he's going to be a superstar in this league. Future MVP candidate. I'm seeing it right now. Fair. Amazing. Oh, those are both great takes. Um, I'm going to choose Cade Cunningham because he has a daughter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but when's the last time you've seen a 6'8 point guard get drafted number one overall? 2003. Oh. 2003. LeBron James. I'm calling him a point guard. He's a shooting guard. He's a small forward. He's a power forward. He's f***ing anything and everything you want him to be. And that's who Cade Cunningham is. Versatile. We talk about being able to impact the game in multiple aspects. We talk about that it factor, that dog factor, and he's on the Detroit Pistons. Who else is on Detroit Pistons? Keelan Hayes and uh, somebody else that's a Isaiah before. Stewart. There we go. Uh, Sadiq Bay is pretty good too. Those are all complimentary players, in my opinion. Maybe Keelan Hayes can turn out to be like a Darren Williams, but. Cade Cunningham is that man. That's why he was the number one overall pick. It was, you know, who, why, why waste the number, why waste the number one overall pick on a player that you don't think is the best player in the draft? Cade Cunningham is the best player in the draft. Now he's only 19. We acting like he's a 22 year old. Like you're taking a chance. Like he can't grow into something more than what he already is. Cade Cunningham is a total package. He's six, eight. He's a small forward at point guard position. He can score wherever he wants to. I'm giving it to Kay. And he in Detroit, he about to get some defense because he's going to have to, you know, the Detroit dog pissing, you know, bad boy pissing might come out on him. Let's hope so, because even though the Detroit Pistons have a really solid looking core, they're not very old. And I'm assuming they're going to be pretty bad. So, it'll, they'll, like Life's I said, for him. yeah, like I said, with the... Uh, with the Rockets, they're going to be fun to watch. They're just not going to be very good. Same thing with probably the Cavaliers because I don't know what direction they're going in. They said that they're not going to extend. They extended Jarrett Allen, but they said they might trade um, one member of Sexland, Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's like, what what are the Cavaliers planning to do? Like, Are they going to be in the top three for the, for the next 10 years until they find LeBron again? Probably not, but uh-huh. we'll see. 
we shall see. But speaking of Luca, just hitting some quick hitters here really quickly before wrap things up. So, G, you mentioned Luca, and he played a phenomenal game against against France in the semis, and it just was not meant to be because Luca had 16 points, 18 assists, 10 rebounds in the game against France in which Slovenia ultimately lost 90-89 on a fantastic block by Nicolas Batum. And I was watching the play, and Luca, for all the things that he should have done, the one thing that he shouldn't have done down one with less than 10 seconds to go was to pass up that shot because he had Rudy Gobert switched on him, which was probably the favorable matchup. But instead, he passed it off to his teammate. His teammate drove on Nicholas Batum and credit Nicholas Batum for, you know, going back and trying to contest the shot, which he ultimately did because he got the block. But Luca, he has to take that shot, especially for the gold medal game. He has to take that shot. And I don't, did you guys, were you guys able to watch that game really quickly? Uh, I watched a lot of the highlights. Um, I mean, unfortunately, what happened to Luca? Uh, Team France did a, an incredible job. That's why they're in the gold medal game. They have a fantastic squad going forward. But other than that, Luca should not have anything to be ashamed of. He really put his all uh, during this Olympic tournament. And it's only, it's, you know, it, it only gives Matt, gets, you know, the Mavs fans that are listening excited for the upcoming season. Uh, I think, you know, this kind of shows it, shows us that, you know, he's going to be, he's going to be probably one of the best players of the, of his generation and his, and his coming decade. If not already, but go ahead, Jay. Wasn't able to watch it. How do you watch it off of Peacock? You got to pay for that. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. I am not going to say anything. The, hey, for all, all everybody that's listening <laughs> to this podcast, how many U- Team USA basketball games have you guys watched? Because I have watched zilch, zero. I'm not paying for that. But uh, yeah, just imagine I, I'm bright side. Imagine if Goran Dragic was healthy. It would help. I feel like it would help uh, Luca. But um, yeah, I agree with you, uh, Jared. Shouldn't have taken the take. He shouldn't have passed up that shot. Um, you're you're the guy. You got triple double. You're the only man since uh, LeBron James in 2012 to have that triple double, right? Yeah, tough. But I mean, at least he's still playing for a medal with the bronze. So hopefully he gets that. Yeah, playing against a really tough Australia squad that the United States lost to in the World Cup and in Vegas, which was surprising to me because they came out again. Did, did, were you guys able to watch the USA Australia game? I know G, you uh, said zilch, but <laughs> <laughs> I kept up with the highlights afterwards. Um, Australia played, they played well, um, but um, thankfully team USA was able to get it together despite the rough start at the end. Yeah, it was outstanding part it was outstanding play on the australians part because in the second quarter they were up 15 on the united states and then by the end of the first half the united states were down i think two or three and spanning the end of the second half or second quarter into like midway through the third quarter the united states went on a 20 to 0 run in the third quarter that just completely destroyed whatever feelings of supremacy that the Australians had. That's probably a really weird way to say that, but like whatever hope that the Australians had was just destroyed. And again, we're talking about, you know, that guy, KD is that guy because he scored 23 points in three straight games against the Czech Republic, Spain, and Australia, which the United States all won by double digits. And he's the first U S basketball player men's, 
to score more than 400 points in Olympic history, at least for the United States men's side. So, yeah, I mean, if you're, I think if you're, if you're France, I'd be kind of worried because this is a rematch of the first, uh, what is it? The first prelim game where the United States lost after missing four open uh, three pointers. If you're the French squad, I'd be kind of scared that you kind of woke up the sleeping giant because now you're getting the best squad playing their best ball and you're the target. So, yeah. I mean, any thoughts on that? I mean, if the U.S. plays their cards right, this medal is in the bag. Um, this Olympics overall, though, has been encouraging. Um the international competition seems to get stiff for every four years of the Olympic games. So I think, I mean, I obviously I'm predicting a U.S. victory, but whoever who, you know, if France loses this game, they have nothing to be ashamed of. Um, silver is, you know, it's still silver and whatever happens, it, we, we just want a good game of basketball. Yeah, you hit the nail on the coffin there. You just want a good game, competitive game. No one gets injured, no one gets hurt. But France should feel bad if they if they lose. They should. <laughs> they are here. They want to win. This tie. You, if you're representing your country, you don't you don't go in like ah, oh, we got the silver. <laughs> going for the gold. And USA should be going for that gold too. So hopefully it's a great competitive game. And like I said, no injuries. Please, no injuries. Yeah. And it yeah. should be on. It should be on TV for us to watch. I don't know what's going on with this peacock. The hell is a peacock? WWE's on peacock. <laughs> what the, ah, this is pissing me off because we are supposed to be able to see this. Like, this is the only Olympics that I feel like I am like oblivious on what's going on. Like, I have to go to Twitter to see highlights. Like, Daniel, like, bro, I'm trying to watch this game. What's the deal? Absolutely I, agreed. I will not say anything, but yeah, you can catch the game on Peacock at 7:30 Pacific time tomorrow, Friday, August the sixth. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be really fun to to see the French go off against the uh, the United States one more time because this is we were talking about golden generations last podcast. This is France's golden generation. Let's see what happens because you know Tony Parker led the I think it was the French squad in twenty thirteen or fourteen to the um, to the gold medal for the FIBA World Cup. So who's to say that they can in a very very crazy way they could potentially upset the united states they've done it before but like i said they will they've awoken the sleeping giant so we'll see what happens i think it's going to be the united states probably winning by 10 points because kd is just too much no matter who you put on there kd is just going to demolish people but yeah and speaking of demolishing the u.s women's they're also they also demolished australia to advance to the semis they will face serbia in the next few hours i think few hours or few days and we'll see who they play in the final. But yeah, the women's basketball team, I think they're going for their fifth or fourth or fifth straight gold medal, something crazy like that. So shout out to them for doing something completely crazy and yeah, just dominating as they usually do. But that being said, speaking of domination, make sure you subscribe to the Shooting Bricks podcast and leave a review on your platform of choice. It really helps us out. Lastly, Make sure to follow us on at Podcast Bricks on Twitter, at Shooting Bricks Podcast on Instagram, and at The Shooting Bricks Podcast on YouTube for all the news and the video of this episode of The Shooting Bricks Podcast. And as always, I'm Jerry Castillo. I'm Daniel Wen. I can't wait for this NBA season to start, and I can't wait to see the Suicide Squad this upcoming weekend. And joining me as well, 
It's your boy, Really Real Jarrell Sales. And next episode, we'll find out what happens to Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's hope so. But we will see you guys next time.